بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد کریم الحمد للہ سپٹمبر ان but forgets the grave, decay and decomposition. Evil is he who is arrogant and rebellious, but forgets the origin and conclusion. SubhanAllah. So this is recorded in Tirmadhi, number 2448. Behaqi in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 8181. Hakim in his Mustadrak, Mishkat, number 5115. So here the Prophet said that if a person is playful and careless, forgets the grave, naturally you would say he's evil. The Prophet said he's evil. Then he said, similarly evil is he who is arrogant and rebellious. And then look what he said, he gave you a reason for that. He forgets the origin and the conclusion. So what does that mean? How can a person show pride when he knows his origin? So our origin is something which caused our parents to have an obligatory bath. <laughs> so how can you show pride? And then the Prophet said, and the conclusion. You die, and then you decay. <laughs> so if you look at your origin, and you look at your conclusion, <coughs> how can you be arrogant and rebellious? So this is why pride is something which is alien to the believer. In another report, our beloved messenger was informed about an arrogant person, and he said, Is there no death after it? SubhanAllah. Is there no death after it? This is in Behaqi in Shu'ab al-Iman, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 424, in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. So look how interesting, the Prophet echoed this again. So somebody brought to his attention, there's an arrogant person, a person who's, uh, who's full of pride. Look what he said, sallallahu alayhi wa Is there no death after it? So think of all the people who've shown immense pride. Where are they now? <laughs> Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, Firon. Think about that. Where are they now? Like the Quran says, can you even hear a whisper from them? So think about the proud people, how much they like to blow hot air out. Allah Ta'ala says right at the end of Surah Maryam, can you hear even as much as a whisper from them? So the Prophet is highlighting, this is why Allah Ta'ala, the Prophet وسلم, said, Allah Ta'ala is the one who is deserving of pride. It is his cloak. Why? Because 
It doesn't apply to him. He has no origin and he has no conclusion. There is no death. So you are actually challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think about that. Astaghfirullah. Those go to the graveyard. Can you now see any trace of those who are arrogant and proud? They can't even respond to you. Imam Ghazali, he commented here, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya, volume 3, page 446-7, in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. As for his end and return, it is death. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he recited, Surah Abasa, Surah 80, verse 21 and 22, of the Billahi ثُمَّ عَمَاتَ فَأَقَبَلَ ثُمَّ إِذَا شَاءَ أَنْشَلَ Then he caused him to die and placed him in the grave. Then when it is his will, he will raise him up again. Then he added Imam Ghazali, Those all his abilities will be withdrawn and he will revert to earth as he had been. His body will then decompose and be consumed. He will stink and even animals will flee from him. The best condition for him will thus to become dust as he had been. So this is what Imam Ghazali said about those reports. So look at the verse. How interesting. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Thumma amat, He will cause him to die. فَأَقْبَرَ And place him in the grave. When it is his will, he will raise him again. And look what how interesting. You turn back to dust. Nothing is left in you. Our beloved Messenger, he said, three things are destructive. Passions that are pursued. Greed of which one of them becomes a slave. And imagination that one is very high. This is in Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 7252, Mishkat, number 5122, Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi in his Ihya, volume 3, page 456, in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. So what are the three destructive things? Passions that are pursued. You need to rein in on your passions. <laughs> Greed, which be- makes you a slave. Look how interesting. The Kofar, they are fond of saying, Greed is good. <laughs> Rasulullah said greed makes you a slave but not a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a slave of whatever you are greedy for you become a slave so how can that be good if you look at the awliya rahimahumullah they weren't slaves of anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is why they gave things very easily because they didn't have any value to them for example, looking at the highest levels, you know, the prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam. Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, he took a handful of uh, sand and he, made, he blew something on it, he made a dua, and it turned to gold. So one hand was full of gold, gold dust, and the other was still sand. He then asked the sahaba, he goes, what's the difference between this to your? So the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, the gold is something very precious because that is what's worth something. The sand is useless. Isa said, they're both the same to me. Now what did he mean by that? 
I am not a slave of gold. Your statement shows you are. <laughs> so what did the Prophet ﷺ say? Greed which makes you a slave. He got the gluten. He's a slave to his, his food and drink. He got another person, a, a drug addict. He's a slave to his drugs. Etc, etc. Then what did the Prophet ﷺ say? The third destruction. Imagination, meaning it's not a reality. That one is very high. That you think you're special. That's destructive. Now think about that. You're not even saying anything. It's just in your mind and heart. I'm special. If you think you're special, that will destroy you, the Prophet ﷺ said. So now a person goes, okay, give me an example. The companions, why did they keep on saying, I wish I wasn't born. I wish my mother didn't give birth to me. I wish I was a plant which a, an animal by the roadside consumed. I wish I was this and that. Why were they saying that? Because they didn't consider themselves anything special. Who taught them that? Right? The Prophet And now look at the state of us full of sins. And we still think that we have some, some special place. Astaghfirullah. So it wouldn't be too bad if you've got one of these three destructive sins. <laughs> be honest, how many have got all three? <laughs> Passions that are pursued. Greed of which one becomes a slave. And imagination that one is very high. These are matters of the heart. And Lord, you have to deal with them. On another occasion, the Prophet warned, If you do not commit sin, then still the thing I fear more on your account is conceit or egoism. Mm. If you do not commit sin, the thing I fear more on your account is egoism, conceit. This is in Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, Ibn Hiban, Deylami, Bazar, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 457 in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. Now think about this. If you take the hadith literally, there's something worse than sin. So a person goes, oh, I'm going to marry, but what are you talking about? There's nothing worse than sin. What did the Prophet say? If you do not commit sin, the thing I fear more on your account, think about it, you haven't committed no sins, you're sinless. But if you've got this thing, even you haven't, though you haven't committed sin, that's worse than you committing sin. What is it? Conceit. Thinking you're special. Astaghfirullah. Think about that. Thinking you're special. Those Muhammad ibn Wasi, rahmatullah, he told his son, Know yourself, O my son. I bought your mother for 200 dirhams. As for your father, then may Allah not create any more Muslims like him. Recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 427, in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. So look what he's teaching his son, one of the Salaf. The first thing he told his son, know yourself. So what did he mean? He explained. Your mother I bought for 200 dirhams. What did he mean by that? She was a slave. So you bought her. Because that's your mother. And he goes, as for your father, I hope I'm the last model. Of this make. <laughs> he goes, know yourself, son. <laughs> so what was he making sure his son did not acquire? <laughs> Conceit. <laughs> because you're not special. Your mother's not special. Your father's not special. So you're not special. 
But do we imbibe that into our children? <laughs> think about that. We don't even think about it, astaghfirullah. It is related. Somebody said, just as you dislike that the rich should see you in worn out garments, so too you should dislike that the poor should see you in beautiful garments. Recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 429, in the chapter on the evil of arrogance and egoism. Look how beautiful these qualifications. Would any of you who are rich like to be seen? Sorry, would you like that the rich should see you in worn out garments? And the response is you'd be embarrassed. You're thinking, look, I'm in a wealthy environment. So you wouldn't like to be wearing, you know, simple clothes. He goes, similarly, you should dislike that the poor should see you in beautiful clothes. Look at the balance. Right? So it's not the state of the clothes. It's the state of the people around you. You have to work around the environment. Meaning, you know, consider yourself amongst the people. So note here, conceit, and this is why there's a report where Umar radiallahu he heard a man talking to the people and he said to him, stop. So then he goes, Amir al-Mu'mineen, why have you asked me to stop? He goes, I fear that you will end up in the stars. <laughs> what did he mean by that? What he meant was when a person talks, he likes to hear his own voice. <laughs> And then he goes, what happens? You start floating, thinking you're special. So he goes, stop. Imam Shafi'i, he gave advice. He said, if you talk and you feel like you're drawing attention to yourself, stop talking. And if you are silent and you feel like you think that you are special, start talking. So it's not a case of not talking or talking. It's the heart again. <laughs> so you think about these people who are giving you this advice. What were they talking about? They're talking about conceit. <laughs> he goes, make sure this is not in your heart. You're not special. <laughs> Astaghfirullah. <laughs> Company is just an excellent means to better one's spiritual state. For there, Rahmatullah, he said, that a good man and sinner accompanies me is dearer to me than of a bad-mannered worshipper gives me company. Mm. This is recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya volume 3, page 91, in the chapter on the discipline of the soul. Think about that. So you've got two people, according to Fadil ibn Iyad, Imam Shafi's teacher, you've got a, a sinner, so he's a Muslim. You can't be a sinner and be a kafir, right? So you've got a Muslim, and he's a sinner. So, you know, he's, he's not strong in his worship. And you've got another person, solid, but the sinner, he's got a good character. And the solid worshipper, he's got a bad character. For there, Rahmatullah, they said, I would love to be with the good-mannered sinner rather than the bad-mannered worshipper. Now, why did he say that? What he was saying was, this is how you acquire characteristics. But unfortunately, people are impressed by worship. Right? So company doesn't necessarily mean somebody who's praying five times. <laughs> Keep company with him. What if he's got a character like a dog? <laughs> you know, why are you asking him to keep company with him for? Who is praying though, isn't it? <laughs> because what's prayer gonna do with it? 
Prayers between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> Company is social interactions. So what's going to affect the character? <laughs> so for them, now think about it. These people, did they need these people? <laughs> these people were, were spiritually pure. <laughs> We're the ones who need this advice. Another example, I think it was Fadil again. Fadil, rahmatullahi was with a person, very foul-mouthed, very bad character. He's traveling with him. He had no choice to travel with him. When they finally parted, Fadil started to weep. And somebody asked, he goes, why are you weeping, Sheikh? He goes, alhamdulillah, he goes, the foul mouth one is gone. <laughs> so Fadil said, I'm weeping for him because I've parted with him, but his bad character has not parted from him. <laughs> He goes, I've separated. But the poor guy, he goes, how is that going to separate from him? <laughs> and that also shows that the saints didn't look down upon the sinners. You know, that's another thing that you've got to remember. They didn't look down upon them. They felt pity for them. <laughs> when somebody is ill, you know, like one scholar said, he goes, do you feel look down on them? <laughs> he goes, don't make any sense. Why? Because the person's ill. He goes, so somebody's spiritually ill. Why are you looking down on them? <laughs> What is the worth, therefore, of the good-minded worshipper whom you accompany? This is another lesson. Somebody's solid and he's got a good character because he's priceless. He goes, stick with him or her. One of the Salaf, Rahmatullah, he said, It is better to move rocks with the righteous than to eat dessert with the wicked. It is better to move rocks with the righteous than to eat dessert with the wicked. Mm. This is in Ibn Hibban in his Rawda, page 57 of the English translation. So in modern English, what the Sheikh was saying is that to do hard manual labor with the righteous, hard manual physical labor with the righteous is far better for you than to have chocolate mousse with the wicked. Mm. So imagine somebody offers you that choice because look, there's a righteous person who's working in the fields. You can be with him for a couple of hours. Then he shows you a fancy restaurant. <laughs> right? And there's a not you know, unsavory character, but it's a beautiful, you know, dessert there. He goes, which one would you like to sit with? Now, what do we think of? You know, we don't even think. We think the dessert and the hard labor. But what about the menu, idiot? Forget about the dessert and the field. So the Salaf said, go to the one who's moving rocks. Think about that. Why? Unless there's actually a deeper meaning. The deeper meaning there is Shaitan beautifies the company of the wicked. What do I mean by that? You even say time passes quickly with this guy. But then you ask him another question and then he's like, he's baffled by it. Time passes quickly, but how do you feel afterwards? And then they go, okay, we ask enough or just, no, no, that's another question. And then they think about it and they go, well, I don't feel too good, to be honest with you. And he goes, all oh, right. Then you say, right, when you're with a righteous person, he goes, like watching paint, right, brother? That's how depressing it is. And he goes, okay, but how do you feel afterwards? And he goes, I feel quite good. There's another lesson, jihad and nafs. It's a jihad, right? To be with the righteous isn't easy. But I'd rather be with them to get the benefit than to stay, get a temporal fix and then to have a crash. Astaghfirullah. It is related. Oh, this is the report. <laughs> Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 91, in the chapter on the discipline of the soul. It wasn't for them. 
Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak was in the company of a man of evil character during a jinn. He bore his attitude with patience, but when the man departed, ibn al-Mubarak wept and he said, I have mercy upon him. He has now separated from me, but his nature is with him and has not separated from him. So it was Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak. What makes the situation of this unfortunate soul even more desperate is that birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> now that's why it's so dangerous. Why? Because if you've got a bad character, you're going to attract bad character. <laughs> Our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if a believer were to go to an assembly in which are a hundred monafics and a single believer, he would navigate and eventually sit next to the one believer. But if a hypocrite went to a gathering of a hundred believers and one monafic, he would navigate and eventually sit by the one hypocrite. Subhanallah. This is in Behaki, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya volume 2, page 195 in the chapter on social living and mingling. So what's happening? So if you just think of odds, you put a hundred monafics and you put sorry, 99 monafics and one believer and somebody goes, Find the believer. You got one percent chance, or the opposite. You got ninety-nine believers and a single hypocrite. Mm. Find the hypocrite. So it's not to do with odds. Mm. This is to do with the ghayb. What did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? Souls are martial troops. They they lean towards each other. So the Prophet highlighted this because if you are a believer, and even if there's a hundred monafics you will eventually settle with the lone believer. Think about that. How interesting is that? And if you're a hypocrite, God forbid, who are you attracting? You're repulsing the believers. You'll end up with the monafic. Birds of a feather flock together. So this is so important that you realize that. And astaghfirullah, isn't it true? Just think of the, the, the low lives. Who do they attract? You know, not the righteous, is it? Astaghfirullah. Hence, those with substandard characters must make a deliberate effort to spend quality time with the righteous. They're going to do jihad al-nafs. Mm. Now, this doesn't mean you live with them. <laughs> you know, some people go, oh, I'm going to said, live with them. It just means you spend some time with them. So, because how much time? Up to you. Half an hour? Hour? You know, how long you want? Take a few steps, Allah Ta'ala is going to help you. Mm. You spend time, Allah Ta'ala will help you. Mm. The backbiter must be shun like the plague. Because our beloved messenger, he's reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the fire is not as swift on dry wood as backbiting is on the good deeds of a person. Recorded by Imam Ghazali in his Ihya volume 3, page 217 in the chapter on the curse of the tongue. Now think about it. Which wood is the swiftest in lighting? It's not the damp wood. That's the worst wood. It takes so long. You have to dry it out first. If you get, this is why they call wildfires dry. When it's extremely dry, one spark sets everything up. The fire is not as swift on dry wood as backbiting is on good deeds. Meaning you drop one backbiting spark, you've set a Wildfire off on your deeds. Astaghfirullah. And how could it not cause such destruction? When our beloved messenger said, 
bike biting is worse than zina mm. bike biting is worse than fornication this is in tabarani in his ausat number 6585 behaki in shu'ab al iman number 6315 nothing about that if you just said to a person and he didn't know the hadith he said brother look there's two sins which one's worse zina or bike biting be honest how many would say bike biting <laughs> You know, most of us will say fornication. He goes, Zina, brother. All the way. <laughs> and he goes, so Zina is worse. He goes, far worse. <laughs> Why is it far worse? And he goes, because astaghfirullah, he goes, the punishment for the zani is stoning to death. There's no punishment for the bug biter. <laughs> and that shows he doesn't understand shariat. <laughs> that statement shows he doesn't understand shariat. What do I mean by that? <laughs> When Allah Ta'ala does not give a punishment for the major sin, what does that mean? <laughs> It means he refused to purify it. Think about that. Mm-hmm. So just because there's no punishment on the world for a bug bite, it doesn't mean it's, it shows the gravity of the crime. It's worse, the Prophet said it, bug biting is worse. So when you feel like bug biting, just ask yourself this question. Fancy, uh, you know, going down to them uh, bakalis, right? calling one of those women of the night. <laughs> What the hell you want about you idiot? And he goes, well, forget backbiting. Then it is worse. You give yourself a bit of doubt, right? And then when shaitan put into your head, oh no, it's not as bad as that. Then the prophet's lying to you. Prophet's lying. Backbiting is worse than phony. It doesn't matter what you think. It's worse. So what prevents one from this disastrous deed is simply to recollect your own failings and weaknesses. What did our beloved messenger say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How fortunate is he whose own shortcomings prevent him from backbiting? This is in Bazaar, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 3, page 217, in the chapter on the curse of the tongue. Look, this is a medicine. How do you stop bike biting? Bike biting is you're finding fault with others. Mm. That's what it boils down to. Mm. In fact, you're a coward because you're not even talking to his face. Mm. So it's double sin. What stops it in its tracks? One is, of course, the gravity of the crime you understand. The second is here. How fortunate is he whose own shortcomings prevent him from bike biting? So when you feel like doing it, just look at your own failings. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. Forget it, brother. I've got enough problems of my own. Why do I need to talk about him for? I'm the one who's, you know, who's in... There you go. You're just thinking about your... The Prophet goes, how fortunate you are. You think about your own failings. You know, and the people come out with these sayings, and there's wisdom in sayings, because when you point one finger to, a, to another, three fingers point back to you. So it's a good saying. But it's in line with the, with the revelation. Mm. You know, you point one finger up and three fingers point back to you. So why are you pointing your finger? Mm. Nobody points with three fingers, you know. There's like, <laughs> always one in it. There's that one like that. You know, well, nothing's pointing back to me. Who does that? It's always one finger. Mm. Subhanallah. So all I mentioned today, again, was a reflection <coughs> on the importance of character, focusing now more upon the destructive sins. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? سبحان ربي حمدي سبحان اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واغفر لنا من شرور انفسنا سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون السلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل انسان لا في خصر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات والاصل الحق والاصل الصبر صلى الله عليه وسلم